Welcome back to the Start Simple podcast. This is a funny one, you know, because it's the last one of the year. Well, sort of the last one of the year. It's the last one of the season. I'm going to make a season two. Um, but it's the last sort of real formatted podcast of the year, obviously. I had my last guest podcast last week. And then this is going to be the last one that's going to be sort of covering a slightly fitnessy topic. Um, that's mad, isn't it? That's mad. As you know from any of these intros, I don't actually remember how many episodes I've done, but I'm coming up to 30 episodes that I've done this year. So thanks for listening, I suppose. Um, so today I'm going to cover Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is coming up, innit? We're not going to talk favourite Christmas films, although... Ah, no, let's talk favourite Christmas films for a minute, shall we? Um, Home Alone 2 has got to be the winner, and it? Because it's got that New York Christmas vibe. I've actually been to New York for Christmas twice if you're asking. Um, not on Christmas Day, I had family there, um, but I've been once for New Year and once up until Christmas Eve, and it is proper, proper Christmassy there, you know, like it's all, it looks all just like Home Alone 2, so Home Alone 2's got to be the favourite one. Um, special mention for Jingle All The Way, I loved that when I was a kid. Watching it back more recently, I'm not as mad about it, but that happens, and then of course, it's a Wonderful Life. Do you know I hadn't seen It's a Wonderful Life until probably probably about four or five years ago. Like, I'm pretty new to the party on that one. Um, somebody in work lent me the DVD, and I was obsessed with it. And it's one of them Christmas films. Like, have you seen it? Because a lot of people haven't actually seen it. And if you're like me, right, for films in black and white, you sort of put it off, don't you? You're like, nah. Please, if you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, that has got to be your number one health goal for the year, for the rest of the year, um, because it'll just make you feel good, and feeling good is great. Um, so there's a little tangent on Christmas films, but no, we're going to talk more specifically about sort of managing the next few weeks. Um, now, I'm quite conscious of this as a topic to discuss, to be honest with you, because I almost think, right, yes, like... I'm a personal trainer. My job is around fitness. I'm a nutritionist. My job is around food. But when we use phrases and when PTs and, you know, coaches or whatever sort of use terms like managing Christmas, it puts it, it puts it in a little bit of a box. And it, it, may, it almost creates this thought process that, in my opinion, shouldn't be there in the first place. Um, we have to accept that, <clears throat> I've said this to a lot of my clients this week, we sometimes have to accept that fitness isn't the king of the world. It's not. It can be real hard. Like, I know a lot of people and PTs listen to this podcast, and I'm sorry to fucking shit on the parade, but we're just not that important sometimes. We're not. Like, and for me, I'm, I'm quite relaxed in being able to say that. But for a lot of us, that can be quite a difficult thing to have to put health to the side and and be okay with putting health on the side. Um, and when we when we use terms like managing Christmas, it it creates this sort of um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. God, I've got a podcast and I can't even think of words. Um, but it creates this sort of feeling that oh, there's something to be managed. I need to switch on even more. And actually, what what I try to work on with a lot of my clients is is almost switching off a little bit and is not being so now when I say switching off I don't mean like way well, hey, it's a free-for-all throw the mince pies and sack exercise off but it's just practicing that little bit of compassion and saying actually do you know what 
family's my priority at the moment. Um, I know it's a busy time of, uh, of year for a lot of people's work. Work has got to be my priority at the moment. Um, everyone does that thing, don't they? Where, in fact, maybe it's today where you finish work for Christmas and then don't work for like three weeks. Um, but it's having that little bit of compassion and saying, actually, right now, like, yes, fitness is still a priority. But if you think of it like a pie chart and maybe, you know, through most of the year, in January, everyone's pie chart will be 90% fitness. Um, but maybe through most of the year, fitness is like maybe 40% if you focus, I mean, that's still a lot in it, maybe 30%. Um, well, maybe you have to be okay with the fact that, you know, things like your training, things like your diet are going to have to be knocked down a little bit at this time of year. They're going to be maybe 15%, 20%, if that. And that's okay. And that's what I've tried to get across to all my clients this week. So when I'm going to talk about sort of managing Christmas, this is just sort of my thoughts and my advice. But equally, my thoughts and advice is maybe don't listen to anything I'm about to say. Maybe just go and enjoy your Christmas in the best way that is possible for you to enjoy your Christmas. Now, one thing I want to talk about, because I know that it is sort of an anxiety a lot of people have, um, is Christmas weight gain. And I don't think that's helped by the fact that, well, everything in the fitness industry is targeted to how to not gain weight this Christmas, how to make sure you're ready for January, how to blah, 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 sure. Um, Christmas weight gain, right. Christmas weight gain is okay. Simple. That's all. When anybody is talking about things like weight gain around Christmas, that's what the sentence... No, actually, the sentence shouldn't be that. Christmas weight gain is okay as long as you are okay with it. Okay, let me explain. Um, you'll see, right, and it's something I've referenced as well. Um, you'll see maybe coaches, the ones who are a little bit clued up on, on research and bits like that, will mention, um, uh, well, you can tell I'm not clued up, but there's a study basically that shows that... Um, weight gain around Christmas on average I think it's a pound or two pounds and, and we never lose that back so for instance over 20 to 30 years that could add up to what 30 40 pounds whatever quick maths that was probably off you'll probably do it quicker in your head but anyway the point being that um, there's an average number uh, amount of weight that we gain at this time of the year and we never lose throughout our life right um, and yeah that's true like being evidence-based it would be false of me to sit here and say that's not however it's coming at it when when you see it sort of that information power online, it's coming at it from the angle of weight gain is inherently bad. Now, from again, I'm almost like having a little internal argument with myself here <laughs> coming from both sides of the argument. Uh, excessive body fat. Is that good for health? No. But weight gain itself is not inherently bad. So. um. What was my original point? Christmas weight gain. Christmas weight gain is okay. And the second part of that, like I said, you have to be okay with it. When it's not okay is when it's something that maybe isn't happening because um, maybe it's happening because of a loss of control or you feel like your your choices aren't aligned with your values. And that's where it becomes not okay because that's when it starts to bring negativity with it. And that's where it starts to bring anxiety and worry. And it's something that I've worked with a lot of people on trying to remove that those feelings, not the weight gain, but the feelings around this time of year. Um, and I think, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast now and it's never something you thought about or tried to work on, then I'm not going to bullshit you and say that eight days before Christmas, then, you know, the work can be done. It can't. These are things that I've worked with people on for months and months and months um, to have them in a place where they're going into this period relaxed. They're going into this period thinking, I know what I value, I know what I want to do, I know what I want to enjoy, and I'm completely okay 
with my decisions and it's about owning your decisions owning your choices and accepting um what will come with those what will come with those choices and being okay with those choices so yeah christmas weight gain itself it may happen it may not happen you could lose weight over christmas there's not um there's not a rule book for it i suppose is what i'm trying to say there's not a rule book for it right again going back to that sort of study where we um the average weight gain over christmas there wasn't a fucking christmas last year there wasn't a Christmas last year. How many people would have killed, maybe not killed as excessive, but how many people would have given anything to have had a proper Christmas with the families and the loved ones and things last year at the cost of a couple of pounds a week in? My guess is quite a lot of people. So don't get fear-mongered by fitness about a little bit of weight gain at this time of the year. It is not the end of the world. It is okay. Now, um, went a little bit ranty there didn't he um one thing that i i have pretty much done across the board with with most of my clients i'm not gonna lie some are still in a fat loss phase and are, are quite okay with that again when i if i'm taking somebody through a fat loss phase at this time of year it is very very individual it depends on you your social plans like some people just aren't like some people don't celebrate christmas obviously and some people just aren't into christmas uh, and then it's Christmas. But I do have one or two clients uh, still in the space. But anyway, um, what I'm talking about more so is the vast majority of people I work with now uh, have come to sort of maintenance phase or, or stepping away from tracking for a few weeks for those that do track or even stepping, not necessarily stepping away from mindfully eating because I think that's something that no matter what your goals are, no matter what your plans are, no matter what situation you're in, no matter... You know, it's one thing mindful eating that doesn't really matter whether you're prepping the meal, whether you're not prepping the meal, whether you're eating out, whether you're eating in, whether you're getting a takeaway, whether your husband's cooking, whether your wife's cooking, or whether you're eating smiley faces off your kids' plate. Mindful eating can be practiced anywhere because it's in your mind. Um, <laughs> I make myself laugh. Um, but mindful eating is something that can be practiced anyway. But anyway, my point being that with most of my clients now, we're coming into a phase where it's... Um, more about maintaining, about managing, about keeping good routines. And this is what I would now advise you to do over the next few weeks. Um, if you're somebody who tracks, maybe just take a, a little step back from tracking. Because again, you could be placed in what you don't want to do. And I've said this a few times to in check-ins this week. You don't want to be that person who's like, I'm going to track my calories this week. I'm going to be in a deficit. I'm No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then Sally rocks into work and she's made homemade mince pies and the banging mince pies. And then you get home and um, your great aunties come to visit and she's bought a tin of celebrate. Oh, what do you think's best? Celebrations or Quality Street? Let me know. Um, but you know what I mean? Lots of things like that can happen unplanned. And then somebody starts pouring glasses of Baileys or whatever. Um, you see a friend and they say, should we go for a drink? And all of a sudden, this brilliant intention you had to track calories is no longer existent. So my advice would be to, to begin to, to take some time, whether it's bringing your calories up to maintenance for those who do track, having some planned control time away from tracking your calories, because I think that, God, we are tangenting all over the place. I think sometimes a lot of people have either tracking their calories because they are being, quote unquote, good, or not tracking the calories because they forget to because they're being quote unquote bad because they can't be asked. Never just up, like choosing to not track. Um, 
So it might be a good time of the year for you to practice that if things socially are, are coming up. Um, other things to discuss around this Christmas. And, right, here's the thing. <clears throat> Whatever happens in terms of your, your health and your fitness over the next couple of weeks, whether it's you train religiously, whether you miss a few sessions, whether you you do find yourself not mindfully and you find yourself over-consuming, whether you are the most mindful person in the world and you're behaving like a monk, you'll often notice that these things aren't necessarily a reflection over the last few weeks, but they're more of a reflection over the last few months, the last year. It's maybe a reflection of what work have you done over the last year to set you, because it's like there's no point in dressing it up. What are the most challenging things from a nutrition and health and training and exercise and perspective, dieting? What are the most challenging things? Well, it's usually weekends throughout the year, and one minute, I just need to have a drink. It's usually weekends throughout the year. And if we look at the why it's weekends, well, it's because it, it includes more eating out, it includes more social occasions, it includes more things that are um, less within our control, never out of our control, maybe just a little bit less. And this sort of period is just that times 50 in it like there's constant social occasions there's constant extra food around it's like a constant weekend um but now is often a reflection of what have you what have you learned what have you practiced over the last few months or even year or maybe even longer to be able to again don't particularly like the word but be able to manage it um because that's where that's where the answer lies in my opinion it, it doesn't come in from what you do on Boxing Day. It comes in from, well, do you know what? I've built some habits up now that, that have stuck with me. And whether it's Christmas Eve, whether it's Christmas Day, whether it's New Year's Eve, I still go for my walk every day. That's just something I do. I still eat vegetables because vegetables are sound. That should be a potion, it? Vegetables are sound. Um, but now is, a, now is a really good time to notice what habits have you got that are actually really, really beneficial and what stick with you. And then also what habits don't you have? Because, right, I'm going to probably talk about this more in January. I'm all for goal setting, New Year goal setting. Like, it's a weird one to bash. Again, if we're going to be evidence-based, you are more likely to stick to a goal if you set it in January than if you are to set it at any other time of the year. Fact. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with setting it in January. Um, you know when people are like, oh, look at all these people setting New Year's fitness resolutions. Well, what's wrong with that? Of course they are. It's a New Year's resolution. Fitness is something people can work. It does me head in. It does me head in. I used to think it when PTs would say it in the gym, like, oh, look at all these people starting in January. Well, go and fucking help them, mate. Oh, another rant. <laughs> it's mad, though, isn't it? It's mad. Why would you knock somebody for starting something that we're trying to promote? Like, I try and promote being fitter, being healthier, being stronger. Why would I then see somebody starting that in January and be like, oh, what, you started in January? What, what, what? Should they be starting in October? Fucking weirdos. Anyway, <laughs> oh, if this is the first podcast you listen to, I tend to do this at least once an episode. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Complete. Oh, yeah. Um, however, also the habits that maybe you notice that aren't perfectly in place, maybe maybe your training drops, right? Let's say, for example, your training drops a little bit over the, the next few weeks. Okay, well, in January, when you are starting to, to look at what things you want to set for yourself, well, maybe you need to 
to solidify your training routine. Maybe you need to start, I'm going to get up at 6am Monday, Wednesday, Friday and get my sessions in. So equally, it's a time to recognize what habits are working for you, but also what maybe needs work in the future. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's all I got to say about that. I've got that saying in my head, right? Seeing Forrest Gump. I've got that saying in my head. I can't stop saying that's all I got to say about that. That's also my Forrest Gump accent. I realize it's not very good. Um, so, wow. There we have it. The last. Well, I'll tell you why it's not the last podcast episode of the year, right? Here's, here's a story. I read Will Smith's book the other week. And in it, Will goes on a, a two-week silent retreat. And I saw it and I was like, I could do that. And then I realised I couldn't do two weeks. Um, but I reckon I could do three days. So I am, um, just after Christmas on the 27th of December, I'm going on a three-day silent retreat. So it is literally a silent retreat. You're not allowed technology, so I won't know what time it is. You're not allowed, obviously, phones, laptops. You're allowed to bring books <clears throat> and a pen and paper. So obviously a journal. Um, you're allowed to bring physical books, but not my Kindle, because that will tell the time. Um, there is silent yoga, silent meditation. I'm not a hippie. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit hippie. I'm not a monk. Maybe I'm a bit of a monk. Um, silent yoga, silent meditation. And you basically go to this retreat for three days and you don't speak. So what I'm going to do, right, I'm not going to speak until I get back. And then I'm going to hit record. And the first words I speak after the silent retreat are going to be a podcast episode. So that will be the next episode that you listen to. Hopefully. Um, hopefully you listen to it. Um, and basically, obviously, if three days of pure silence, I am going to be ready to chat some absolute shit. Now, um, basically, if, if I am completely enlightened enough, I find out the meaning of life, That that's what the next episode is going to tell you. So if you... Yeah, here's the pitch. If you want to know what the meaning of life is, then firstly share this episode because it'd be really helpful to me and then come to the next episode or listen to the next episode and that's that on a serious note i think it's mad that i've got a podcast that people i find it weird right i'd love to know right i'd love to know whether it's a tag on instagram or whether you just send me a message privately i'd buzz off knowing where you are currently listening to this because i find it proper mad that there's somebody you whether you're in a gym somewhere or like maybe you're on a dog walk listening to me talking about something, which I realise is the whole concept of a podcast and I'm the podcast host, so I should really accept that this is normal. Um, but I find it mad and that means that I'm very grateful for it. So thank you for listening um, and have a merry, merry Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. It's a bit different in Bali because... Well, nobody really, like, makes a thing and song and dance out of it, so I've just got to, like, trust on my own Christmas playlist. I've got a really small Christmas tree, but I love Christmas. So I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, a happy new year, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>